Well, g'day everybody, and welcome back to the extras. I'm Sam. I'm Mike, and I'm Jack. Great to be back with you uh, for our last episode for the term. It's school holiday time next week. Yahoo! Very excited. It's been a great term, uh, but I'm looking forward to having a bit of a break. To be honest, indeed. I hear you. <laughs> Indeed, but it's been excellent uh, here, here on the extras. Uh, what are we doing here? We're here. We want to answer questions that have come up largely because of our Sunday meetings here at church. And um, yeah, it's, it's just a great privilege each week to, to open up the Bible together and, and wrestle with questions. Um, but yeah, hey, um, how, how good was last Sunday, mate? Baptism Sunday, so Sunday. good, um, so good. It was very encouraging hearing people's testimonies, seeing them baptized, uh, friends and family there. Yeah, it was a cool celebration. Very, yeah. cool, very cool Sunday. Um, and that pool was spectacular. <laughs> yeah. was the pool? So, yeah. You tempted to jump in, mate? Look, I, I was. I said to a few people afterwards that if we just wait for enough people to go home, we could just have a bit of a late night hot tub nice. after uh, most, <laughs> most of the crowd's gone. But no, nobody, nobody wanted to take yeah, it up really? on it. Yeah, so, really? Uh, there you go. Maybe next time. Maybe. We're, we're thinking about doing some baptisms again in uh, in December. Isn't yeah, it? it sounds like a much better time to baptise just quietly. It was a heated pool. Let's, <laughs> let's you know... Um, but, you know, there's no time like the present to baptize. Absolutely. Yeah. When the Spirit moves, you That's go right. for it. That's right. So we want to keep praying that God would keep saving people um, as the Word of God goes out. And, yeah, pray for um, early December. We're hoping, God willing, to have uh, more people to baptize. And we're just thankful that God does that work of salvation. So, yeah. He's a good God. The other thing we're doing on Sunday night, Jack, was um, finishing off our series on uh, on Genesis, this whole I Will Bless uh, series. Um, do you want to give us a bit of a, a recap of the, the section of Genesis that we were in on the weekend? That's right. Big chunk on Sunday. Uh, we were skating over chapters 23 to 25, so three chapters of Genesis there, including chapter 24, which is the biggest chapter in the whole book. That was a, a massive chunk. So we didn't get to say nearly everything that happens in that part of the Bible. But big picture, we're looking at the end of Abraham's life, looking at the uh, the wrapping up of God's work in Abraham's life, and we see the all the, the promises that God's made sort of starting to get ticked off. You know, God's mm. promised he's going to get land. He ends up having this little field uh, that he's bought off the Hittites. God's promised him a great nation. He ends up having, you know, he's got his son Isaac, and Isaac gets a wife. That's what happens in... 24, so we've got this future succession thing looking pretty good, and then Abraham dies, old, blessed, rich, long life, uh, but he's still just one man out of the whole world. So we see the very start of the fulfillment of God's promises, which shows us God's faithful, we've got confidence he's going to carry his work through to the end. But Abraham didn't see it all. He died in faith, looking forward to something better, something something eternal, a home that we have to look because well. the blessed is yet to come. That was your uh, line, Jack. I shamelessly stole it. You mate. got all the groans oh, for mate, it. Totally. Jack, Jack came up for it with it. <laughs> it was so bad they just assumed it was mine. But yeah, actually, thanks. it was Jack's. And you got the black for it. That's good. Thank Happy you. Happy to take one for the team. Uh, very good. Very good. Um, yeah, fantastic. All right, well, let's, let's dive in. We've got a couple of questions today, and then we're having to look a little bit ahead to what's coming next term as well. Um, Abraham uh, dies in in uh, chapter twenty five, and uh, the phrase that to sort of pick up his death is is there in verse eight. Um, it reads, "Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, uh, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people." And uh, someone's just uh, put in a question here saying, "Look." What does that little phrase, gathered to his people, mean? It's not normally the way that we would talk. Um, yeah, let's think that through. Yeah, to start with, it's a pretty common way that the Old Testament talks about someone dying. So particularly through the books of Kings, you see every time a new king comes along, you get a little bit about his life, and then it ends with normally with that kind of phrase, he was gathered to his people. 
And to start with, in the like purely on a human level in the Old Testament world, literally when someone died, in, you know, particularly people who are uh, wealthy and come from big families, you would be gathered to your people in a sense that your body would be put in like the family tomb. Mm. So in the case of Abraham, you see that it says, you know, he he's buried in the cave where he had buried Sarah, and then later on in Genesis, you'll see other people also get kind of buried together in his family tomb. So like speaking very literally. Abraham's gathered to his people, as in that's where his body goes. But sort of stuck into the family crypt. Exactly, something yeah. Something like that. But there's also, you know, there's a hint of something more in that, right, mm. Mike? Well, I think there is. I think there is. Um, because, I mean, you know, at a literal level, there was only one other person in the grave, and yeah. that's Sarah. So he wasn't yeah. gathered to his people, he was gathered to his person. Yeah, his a- wife. A- Abraham's left his people back in um, yeah. Ur of the Chaldeans. Yeah. So that doesn't discount what you're saying, Jack, because you're absolutely right. But I think it does hint at something else. And I think it actually hints at resurrection. Uh, it's talking about kind of life beyond the grave, gathered to his people, uh, that his soul, his spirit, um, would be gathered with those who have also departed before him. And it's, it's a lovely picture of kind of resurrection hope. And also a lovely kind of reverse of what we think happens at death, because of course death means disconnect or kind of end of a relationship at one level, and that's why we grieve, rightly, mm. death. Uh, and yet, um, the Christian hope, which is probably hinted at a little bit here in this phrase, is that we will live on, mm. um, and we will live on with uh, our people, which for us this side of the cross means go on with those of faith in, in the kingdom of God, in, in heaven. Uh, with God's people, ultimately. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's a lovely little phrase um, to describe that there's more to life than mm. this life. And it's remarkable how, even throughout the book of Genesis, which is such an early part of the scriptures, this doctrine of resurrection has come up a couple of times. We, we had it a couple of weeks ago with um, the, the almost sacrifice of Isaac, yeah. um, which Hebrews um, chapter 11 picks up as sort of Abraham pre-empting the resurrection. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's there quite quite often throughout Genesis and really the Old Testament. Not, not in like really explicit ways, but mm. if you just scratch by the surface or just dig into some of these little phrases, you yeah. go, oh yeah, right, I can see it. And I guess in that then there's a lesson there as to how we're to read the Old Testament really, isn't there? That the Old Testament does stand on its own and yet a full understanding or a full kind of gathering of what God actually was intending us to get there can only really come on this side of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, and I think you see that kind of understanding in the way Jesus talked about the Old Testament. Like, all this makes me think of when Jesus is talking to the Sadducees in the temple. They're the ones who who don't believe in the resurrection, and he's trying mm. to refute them. That's yes. why they were sad, you see. The Sadducees, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, right. yeah, right. yeah. Thank you, mate. <laughs> you Thanks. sure it was Jack? <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> mate. <laughs> yeah, all right. Cross my heart. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, talk, he's trying to show them, yeah, you know, there is going to be this resurrection, and he says... When God spoke to Moses, which is hundreds of years later after Abraham, he told Moses, I am the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. And Jesus' point there is that God says later on, you know, I am present tense, the God of Abraham, meaning that Abraham's still with God. He's being gathered to him. He's there present with him. He's not dead. He's he's alive with God. Yeah, I was the God of Abraham if 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 Abraham was was done. But actually, Abraham's not alive, but he's he's kicking, Mm. um, at least in a a resurrection sense. Yeah, totally. It'll be great to meet him, won't it? 
Well, indeed. So exciting. I just want to know about the second Egypt. Why did you do that? The second wife passing off, I mean, not the second Egypt. The, 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 what were you thinking? <laughs> Tell me. Anyway, maybe he'll look at, he'll say all the points in my life where yeah, I right. over and over again and say, what were you thinking? Yeah. Anyway, um, on that, uh, what about, yeah, look, this is a perfect segue. Um, uh, what are some helpful, this is the, the second question we've got here, what are some helpful verses in the Bible that reassure us that God forgives us again and again for our sin? Uh, when we have a bit of an Abraham moment and do the same sin over and over and over again, um, how can we be sure that God will forgive us again and again? Yeah, so in my talk on Sunday, I took us to 1 John 1, 9, um, in terms of one of the wonderful promises that God blesses us with if we if we kind of lay hold of it. Uh, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, that's a beautiful promise, um, that whatever the sin... Um, God, because of what Jesus has done for us, can forgive us and cleanse us. And we want to hold on to that promise for the rest of our days. And one of the reasons why we have to hold on to it for the rest of the days is because we do keep sinning. Mm. Um, and, I mean, that's just a you know horrible part of the fact that we still live in a fallen world and we still have a kind of a fallen nature that is being renewed um, and changed. And we, and we want to see progress, um, but we won't see perfection until this side of heaven. Mm. Um but I think that's the greatest reassurance that Jesus has done it all, that the promises is there. If you have faith in Jesus, um, you will be forgiven. And we know that we do keep sinning um, and that should frustrate us. We shouldn't be comfortable with that. Mm. Um, but if the general direction of our life is towards Jesus and to live by faith and to actually be frustrated and we're still kind of fighting that sin then we don't want the fact that we keep on sinning to undermine our confidence or assurance in the gospel. But it kind of comes down to the heart. What What is the direction of our life? Is it towards sin or away sin? And again, we're not going to do that perfectly this side of heaven, but what's the direction? Yeah, one of the things that really grounds all that and gives us that confidence is realizing just how massive Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was. So there's this language throughout the book of Hebrews. It, it says it a few times. There's this once-for-all element to the death that Jesus died. So, for example, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14, talking about Jesus' death, in comparison to you know the Old Testament, the priests there they had to offer these sacrifices again and again and again, you know, every day, every year. But then Hebrews 10:14, for by one sacrifice he, Jesus, has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And then later on, verse 18, where these have been given sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. So Jesus' sacrifice, it's, it's done and dusted. Past, present, future, every sin, every sin of God's people has been laid on Jesus. So even the ones that you'll still commit in the future, like that's just how big Jesus' death is. Everything is encapsulated by that. Like You cannot sin a sin that Jesus cannot pay for. It's a lovely expression, isn't it? Once for all. Because I think, I think it means once for all people but it can also mean once for all our sin. Is, it, is, that, is that a fair thing to say? Yeah, I think all that's wrapped in it. And like once for all time as well. Like this oh, only nice. happened one time. It doesn't need to happen again. Like yep. it's done. It's finished. Mm. For all eternity. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I mean, just, just to chuck a plug in, I mean, this is one of the very things that we're going to be exploring next term as we we're, hey. we're going to chuck it in, into the book of Romans, chapters 1 to 4, which is just some of the, some of the best exposition of that whole idea in the whole Bible, really, where... Uh, God lays out for us in very clear terms how significant the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus, his, what his blood shed on the cross, 
actually does, and uh, I'm pretty excited to be yeah, taking us there next time. It's gonna be yeah, good. it's gonna be good. Yeah. All right, one last one uh, before we before we wrap up today. Um, Mark, at the start of your series, you um, you sort of held off on the, the the definition of of what the word blessing meant mm. in order to sort of let the series and let Genesis kind of paint that picture for us. We, yeah. we, we've kind of finished the series. Um, where do we stand at this point on, <laughs> on, on what is uh, what is blessing? What what is yeah we, we, yeah. Yeah, thank you, mate. And one of my frustrations from Sunday was um, that I didn't really um, uh, kind of wrap that up. Uh, the tension being we were trying to kind of be outsider-friendly, um, knowing that with Baptism Sunday there'd be lots of visitors. And so, um, yeah, we tried to preach in a way that was going to be accessible and didn't get to wrap up the series as perhaps we would have liked to. Um, so what is the blessed life? Um what does Genesis tell us and then what does the New Testament um, help us with in terms of understanding? Because God doesn't define it, I don't think, um, explicitly in, in, in Genesis. And so, big picture, I think the blessed life is the life of faith. Uh, it is the life that trusts God and His promises, a, tr- a, a, a life um, in relationship with God by faith in those promises. And that ultimately means salvation, um, eternal salvation. Uh, it's the ultimate blessing. But the life of faith also um, involves obedience here and now. And we've got to keep reminding ourselves that God's way is the best way to live and stop buying the lie that Satan says, no, no, sin is the way to live. No, the blessed life is the life of faithful obedience to God. And um, that will sometimes express or uh, flesh itself out in in physical blessings, um, but not always. That's not guaranteed in this world, but is guaranteed in the world to come. But also the physical blessings that we can receive now by faith, um, or the the physical blessings, um, aren't necessarily always a blessing i.e. you can have the wealth or have the success and that could actually be um, a a curse in a sense if it's not embraced by faith and uh, um, not lived out uh, in in faith so the whole kind of physical blessing I think is still a grey area for us living this side of the cross that it can be a blessing from God but can also be a curse from God so we'll receive some blessings now but ultimately blessings will come later the, the blessed is yet to come um, with, with heaven that, that's the ultimate fulfillment salvation in heaven mm. I think another yeah all of that absolutely and maybe just to add another angle please uh, the, one of the things that we've wrestled with Mike throughout all this is the the tension in Genesis between the, the God side of the story and the human side of the story yes you know is Genesis 12 to 25 the story of Abraham yes yes is it the story of God and his purposes yeah yes like it's it's both those things and and you've just painted there the picture for us. Maybe on the human side, that's what the blessed life looks for, look, looks like. Yeah. Um, but for yeah, from God's point of view, I guess, and His plan, uh, the blessings that He is working through Abraham's life, and all that, helping us to understand what God is doing in Jesus as well. The verse that from the New Testament that keeps coming back to my mind to really wrap these things up is in Galatians chapter three. Uh, Galatians three from verse seven. Uh, Paul writes, understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. And Mike, that's the kind of thing you're saying, isn't it? Yeah, the blessed life is the life of faith. But it goes on, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. 
and it announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed, along with Abraham, the man of faith. And this is, I mean, this is getting us into Roman stuff, like you mentioned, Sam. This totally. is, you know, justification by faith. We're going to find out all about that next term. What Paul says here in Galatians is that that gospel got announced to Abraham, which I think is just the, mm. it's a really like awesome phrase. I like how it captures it up. Like we think mm. the gospel only arrived in, you know, Matthew chapter one, verse one, but no, Genesis 12, that's the announcement of the gospel. And the gospel is that God's going to bless all the world through Abraham. And the way he's done that now is by justifying the Gentiles by faith mm. in Jesus. So really that's, I mean, that's in part, that's the answer to what blessing is, but also it's a teaser for next term, isn't it? If we want to understand what this blessing is, it's justification by faith. So yeah. let's get into Romans and find that out. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that, that's, a, that's a great segue. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that's it for questions for, from, from Genesis. I want to say huge thanks on behalf of all of our church to you too for your um, work with us week in, week out. Um, it's a great blessing to have just faithful teaching from the scriptures week in, week out at church. And so a huge thanks to you too. Um, uh, yeah, point us forward. Where, where are we going over the next couple of weeks? And then what's coming next? Yeah, we've got a little series on Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, entitled Endurance. And I think this follows on from Genesis as well. I mean, Abraham lived with God for 100 years, from 75 to 175, um, living by faith. And Hebrews 12 is going to push us in terms of thinking how we are to endure um, in our faith, um, keeping our eyes firmly fixed on the Lord Jesus. Um, So that's going to be exciting. Uh, Just looking at that chapter over three weeks. After that, next time we're getting, as we've said, back into Romans and... As we get there, you've got plenty to say about that, Sam. You'll be one of the preachers for that next term. And there's some other things that we have in store as well. Yeah, so the plan, I mean, on the podcast front, let me give you a bit of a a taster of what's going to come. We'll take a break from week in, week out, um, question answering um, throughout the school holidays. So, um, But our hope is that we want to give you a couple of resources to get you, um, get your heads into Romans. It's a what, it's, it's just one of the high points of scripture. I feel like you say that every time you preach. Like, oh, <laughs> Romans is really true. <laughs> it's up there. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, and, but there's a lot to think about in terms of um, the themes and the argument of Romans, um, even the situation that the letter was written to. And uh, we're, we're hoping to maybe record an episode or two just to um, give you some of that background material, um, A, to save me from having to do it on a, on a Sunday in the sermon, um, but just so you can come back to that in light of the stuff that we pick up in growth group and we pick up in um, Sundays, that'll give you a bit of a, a solid grounding in the sort of stuff that goes around the letter, and we'll try and um, un- unpack some of that with you. So look out for that. Sounds really helpful, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the we, we want to serve. We want to kind of equip you guys with resources that are going to help help you better handle the word and um, yeah, be, be good students of it. So. Um, yeah, and then we'll come back with the podcast sort of after our first Romans um, sermon in sort of the start of, uh, of next term. So looking forward to it. Very exciting. So we're going to turn the tables, mate. We're going to ask you the questions next term. Is that how it works? That's, yeah, that's how it goes. Fabulous. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the quality of this podcast just from year on in just goes <laughs> down. <laughs> no, no, no. uh, we, we'll try and keep uh, yeah, um, dealing with questions as, as they come. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, that's about it for us today, I think. Terrific. Yeah. Very good. Well, everyone, um, thanks, thanks for all your listening and uh, all your questions over the term. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll uh, be back with you here in a, in a couple of weeks' time. See you guys. Farewell. Oh, wow.